You know, I want to share with you, I don't know if you have children in here this morning. You, um, We're going to be speaking about a topic that um, I believe is really important, uh, although it may be sensitive, and I would, if you felt like at some point you uh, didn't want to be a part of this, uh, that would be fine. But um, I'm going to be sharing some things, and it's a hard message. It's a really hard message. I titled The Peril of Pornography. It's one of the things that we need to talk about and we need to talk about and discuss. And um, I also do say if you have children in here, uh, my guess is that they're going to hear some of these things from some direction. And I'd rather have them hear it here and have them interact with you regarding some of these things. Um, But I'm going to just begin by reading to you a battery of statistics that I've taken and at one point I think it'll come up on the screen from a bunch of different sources um, from like Alexa Research, um, NRC, PBS, World Tracker, Google, MSNBC, um, the family, safe media from the U.S. government, etc. Because I think it's really important to understand this issue and to talk about this openly and honestly. And I have to share with you, it's, it's difficult for me as a pastor in one sense to, to talk about this in, in front of a whole group of people. But I believe it's what I'm charged also before God to do. Because this is one of the things, when we talk about living in the light, and my prayer is in this that you will hear the grace of God through this. And yet, at the, in one sense, you're going to hear a lot of truth that could cause some shame. You're going to hear some things that will possibly cause you to be a bit startled and taken back. Uh, Because when I went through this at certain points as I was putting this together, uh, there was a certain point where I I was moved to tears when I read some stories about individuals. Let me just share with you some Internet pornography statistics because one of the um, greatest sources today, one of the greatest sources of, of what is one of the avenues from which pornography comes is through the Internet. Did you know there are 48 million pornographic websites? Daily pornographic search engines request. There's 68 million a day. 25% of what all search engine requests are, a fourth of them, are towards pornography. Largest consumer of Internet pornography are men between 35 and 49 years of age. Internet users who view porn, of all Internet users who view porn, 42.7% of people on the Internet. Those who receive unwanted sexual material, 34%. Just pops up on the screen when you're searching for something. Monthly pornographic downloads, peer-to-peer, 1.5 billion or 35% of all those downloads. Downloads. Websites offering, listen to this, illegal child pornography. 100,000, according to U.S. Customs Service estimate. Men admitting to accessing, accessing pornography at work, 20%. Women admitting to accessing pornography at work. Christians who said that pornography is a major problem in their home, 47%. Breakdown of male and female visitors to pornography sites. 72% male, 28% female. Some statistics on women and pornography. Women keep keeping their cyber activity secret, 70%. 
ratio of women to men favoring chat rooms. It's usually two to one. Women seem to go that direction. They want to communicate. Percentage of visitors to adult websites who are women, one to three visitors, one in three. Women far more than men, it said in one of the statistics, are likely to actually act out their behaviors in real life, such as having multiple partners, casual sex or affairs, and to actually take steps further. Listen to this regard to children internet pornography. The average age of internet, first internet exposure to pornography, 11 years of age. 15 to 17 year olds having multiple hardcore exposures, 80 percent. 18 to 16 year olds viewing um, porn online, 90 percent, most while doing homework. 7 to 17 year olds who would freely give out their home address, 29 percent. And, and catch this fact from the National Center for Mission and Exploited Children. 20% of all Internet pornography involves children. Statistics beyond the Internet. Let's just broaden the market. Americans spend more at money at strip clubs than at Broadway, off-Broadway, regional and nonprofit theaters at the opera, ballet, jazz, and classical performances combined. Guests spent more than $175 million to view porn in their rooms at major hotel chains such as Sheraton, Hilton, Holiday Inn, and the Marriott. Americans spent a, close to $1 billion on telephone sex. In fact, one of the articles that I read said that every night between the peak hours of 9 p.m. and 1 a.m., roughly a quarter of a million Americans pick up those phone, uh, the phone to dial a number for commercial phone sex. There are more porn sites in the U.S. than there are McDonald's by an average of three to one. And then some statistics. Every second, $3,075.64 is spent on pornography. Every second, 28,258 Internet users view pornography. Every 39 minutes, catches every 39 minutes, a new pornographic video is being created in the United States. And then this kind of puts it all in perspective what I call some revenue comparisons. U.S. revenue, uh, and this has gone up markedly every year, U.S. revenue is $13.33 billion, and of that, child pornography alone generates $3 billion of it annually. Worldwide revenue is $97 billion. So to compare that, U.S. porn revenue exceeds the combined revenues ABC, CBS, and NBC. Porn revenue is larger than all the combined revenues of all professional football, baseball, and basketball franchises. The pornography industry is larger than the revenues of the top technology companies combined. Microsoft, Google, Amazon, eBay, Yahoo, Apple, Netflix, and Earthlink. These are some federal statistics. We know over 3,000 years ago a warning was given in the Bible. A man named Solomon in the book of Proverbs shed a light, cast a light on this very issue of pornography. He uses it by talking about the adulterous woman, but he's basically saying sexual lust that is given towards anything outside of this bonds of marriage, he says is dangerous. And you have to understand, even though we see this proliferation of pornography, as I just read all these statistics, making it easier through the Internet, people struggled with the same desires and urges 
then as they do now. They didn't have magazines, videos, phones, or the Internet. It was maybe a little more simple. But I remember this spring, I was in Italy visiting my daughter. We went to Mount Vesuvius, and we went to the old city, historic ruins of Pompeii. Going through the tour, we stop at one place, and they say this this rather large house was the brothel for the area. And you go through it, and there's all these rooms, and, and, and they, they have just some of the etchings that were, just a few of them were up on the walls. I remember a number of years before that when I uh, took a, a, a trip, and we were visiting the old city of Ephesus, again in the ruins of Ephesus. And as you walk down some of the roads, some of you may have been there, there's actually in some of the old stones, there's actual markings that point to, just like you'd have directional signs, to where the local brothel was. The warning is the same then as it now as it was then. Proverbs says, watch out, beware, you will get hurt, and in the process... Others will be hurt. Devastation, desolation lies in, in this road. There's a cost. There's a price that's paid. This isn't some just backroom industry. Some behind a computer screen personal activity. Some private at home individual choice. The feeding that lost has ramifications beyond what you can be aware of. And church, we need to talk about it. There is a freedom that comes through Jesus Christ that sets us free to be able to take those very desires that God meant for good and to be able to use those and through the Spirit of God harness those in a way that bring about deep and rich and meaningful relationships that bring fulfillment in our relationship with God and with one another. And that's why I think a God of love calls out. He calls out as if someone was actually stepping into the street and a car was coming at them. And he calls out today, this morning, to some people, and I think to all of us in one sense, and he calls out and says, Watch out! Stop! Beware! Pay attention! So you don't get hit. And in the process, someone else as well gets hurt. Listen to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23. Verse, it goes through chapter 7, verse 23 as well. I could pick a number of passages in the Scriptures. The Bible's not afraid to talk about these things. In fact, it's very clear about them because God knows how important it is that, that we learn how to follow Him and allow His Spirit to really move into our hearts and to make us the kind of people that become free from these things that really do harm us. So he says in chapter 6, verse 23, For these commands are a lamp. Isn't it interesting? It's a light. This teaching is a light. And the corrections of discipline are the way to life. Keeping you from the immoral woman. From the smooth tongue of the wayward wife. That's that's really what he's saying. As you look at these images, as you look at these, these glossy pictures or whatever it may be, recognize that that is an immoral wayward call. And he says... Keeping you from the immoral. These, these will keep you from this. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty or let her captivate you with her eyes. For the prostitute, listen to how he describes it, reduces you to a loaf of bread. And the adulteress preys upon your very life. And then he gives this warning. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? 
The word is here, not just to men, but to women as well. He says, in this area, do you think you can just play with it and not in any way get touched by it or in some way be hurt? Do you think you can play with this in some way not yourselves get hurt and others get hurt as well? He says, it's not possible. He continues on in Proverbs, but let's jump to 7, verse 7. He says, I saw among the simple, I noticed among young men, a youth who lacked judgment. As we talked about it last week with regard to statistics of those who get involved with alcohol and chemical dependency kind of issues, it usually starts when they're young. If it, in chemical addictions, it starts at 14. If you start at 14, there's a much greater incidence that in a later part in your life, you will actually struggle with it. It'll become more addictive. Well, well folks, first exposure for most children is age 11. And that's why I think he says, I saw the young, I saw the simple, I noticed among the young men a youth who lacked judgment. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark night of night set in. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. I mean, you just think about the amounts of money that that industry makes and how much money they pour back into it to craftily, in a way, with their intent to capture people. She is loud and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. The idea there is that, you know, it's everywhere in that sense, which we see in our own culture today. She took hold of him and kissed him, and with a brazen face she said, here's, here's the temptation, come, let's drink deep of love till morning, let's enjoy ourselves with love. This idea that in the now, in the moment, in this just few minutes, drink in, enjoy, find satisfaction. And then she goes on and says, the temptation, my husband is not at home, he has gone on a long journey, he took his purse filled with money and will not be home till full moon. No one will know. No one sees. It's just your private little thing. And with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. And all at once he followed her. And look at the imagery. Like an ox going to the slaughter. Like a deer stepping in a noose. You see, like just kind of this ox just walking along. Just impelled by this drive. This force. Till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost his life. That's the way it is. It just takes a little bit and continues and continues. And then verse 26, many are the victims she has brought down her slain are a mighty throne. I just want to bring this whole matter in the light and I want to share with you just a few points and just want to share with you who pays the price. This is not some private thing. This is not some simple thing between yourself. I'm going to ask us to pray. Father in heaven, I pray right now that you would, through your Holy Spirit, take these words that can cause, as they're spoken, truth it can bring shame and may bring guilt. But come alongside in grace. For you are God who loves to deliver, who loves to set people free. So that in our hearts we can say, I am free, I am free. Free to do what you've called me to do and be who you've called me to be. Amen.
want to share with you three points. Those who are in it, the industry, are exploited. Those who use it are deceived, and those who are near it are damaged. Those who are in it, in the industry, are exploited. As I did this, this is the part, as I read through this, that just emotionally just moved me so deeply. Because we need to know that behind every magazine, video, internet page, every porn source of pleasure, there are real people. They're not just images. They're just not a picture. And I'm not talking about the ones behind the scenes who make all the money. I'm talking about the pawns who are used by the industry. And you just need to be aware of the fact that behind each of these, whether it's a voice and a phone, whether it's an image on a screen, is a real person. Listen to what one porn star says in regret. The people who run the porn business are not sex radicals. Their sex lives at home tend to be extremely conventional. You'd be surprised, she said, how many of the producers and manufacturers are quite conservative businessmen. See, the ones who get hurt are those who are used to produce the pornography. I'm talking about hundreds and thousands of women who are used to create other people's fantasies. The actors in hardcore films serve mainly as props for the female performer, says one porn industry executive. He continues, there's a continual demand for new talent. And few actresses last more than a year or two. The demand is greatest for actresses, listen to this, in their late teens and 20s. And they get a two-year run if they're lucky. And most are drawn into the industry by drug habits and self-loathing. They don't go in there because they feel great about themselves. For these women, hardcore videos become a permanent record of the most degrading moments in their life, etched into their memory which might be on a video that's selling everywhere else, etched into their mind is the picture of what has been occurring and, and what they have done that has degraded themselves, and it's something that is imprinted that is there unless they can get help. These are real people behind the pictures or behind the seductive voice. In fact, this is what, as I read through this, just so moved me. These are our teenage Girls who are our daughters who are being exploited, folks. Annually, 1.2 million children are exploited through child pornography and prostitution. In an article called Escaping the Streets, a prostitution survivor had sought to set the record straight. She was tired of hearing when she'd hear on talk shows or different places of some women who would get up and talk about, it was really, it's a great life, it's this and and. and, and and how much they want to do it and all the rest. She said, I, I was tired of hearing this. So tired of the untruths told about prostitution, pornography, and women in that profession. She writes, the average entry into this life is age 14. And the overwhelming majority have been sexually and physically abused or neglected in their family of origin. And as a group, they tend to be underskilled and undereducated. They're trapped. All of them have been at some point economically exploited by a pimp, a partner, or by the owner of some porn-related business. And as a group, many are chemically dependent. They have to be to get through what they experience day in and day out. Evelina Gio writes, The way to endure prostitution is by disassociating yourself from your body. And then she says, not a healthy thing to do. 
The average prostitute woman or kid submits to the sexual demands of approximately five men a day. Often these men are old enough to be their dad or grandfather. And then she gives us this statistic that just take the average 14-year-old prostitute kid, she says. Before she's old enough to drive a car, 4,000 men have climbed over her body. By the time she's old enough to vote, 8,000 men have paid the right to abuse her. And I could read story upon story of women and children who have been degraded, abused, destroyed as victims of pornography. Listen to the testimony before the Commission on Pornography of one woman. She says, I am a former Playboy bunny. I never questioned the morality of becoming a Playboy bunny because the magazine was accepted in my home. During my time with Playboy Enterprises, I experienced everything from date rape to physical abuse to a complete sense of self-hatred. I was extremely suicidal and sought psychiatric help for eight years that I had lived this sexually promiscuous fashion. And, and folks, that's the respectable soft porn industry. Kind of the cream of the crop, so to speak. A law professor at the University of Michigan who works to defend these kind of exploited people put it this way, women are doubly violated by pornography. They are violated when it's made and exposed to further violence again and again every minute it is consumed. When it's made and then also when it's consumed because studies back this up. Sociologists Murray Strauss and Larry Barron of the University of New Hampshire found that date rates are highest in states which have high sales of sex magazines and lax enforcement on pornography laws. Psychologist Edward Donnerston of the University of Wisconsin, and you know, folks, University of Wisconsin is not your bastion of conservatism. So here's one of their scholars saying, and he found that brief exposure to violent forms of pornography tends to make the male viewer more aggressive toward women, less responsive to pain and suffering of the victim, and more willing to accept various myths about rape. According to Charles Keating, research reveals that 77% of child molesters of boys and 87% of child molesters of girls admitted imitating the sexual behavior they had seen modeled in pornography. They're twice a victim. When it's made, when it's consumed, someone is going to get hurt. That's basically what they're saying. Michigan State Police Detective Daryl Polk found out. He did a study of 38,000 sexual assault cases in Michigan, took the studies, the records, the conversations that were done, and in 41% of the cases, almost half of, the, of those cases, pornographic material was viewed just prior or to or during the crime. And this agrees with research done by psychotherapist David Scott, who found that half the rapists studied used pornography to arouse himself immediately to seek out a victim. And I just wrote this and I said, women, you should be mad. Men, you should be ashamed. Because those who are in it and used by the industry, the reason I say this is because I feel it's just so important that we paint this picture. People are exploited. And you may say, I just, you know, it's a casual thing once in a while, maybe, you know, once a year or, or less, or some may be very much involved in it. And you say it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Studies show that 70% of men are involved in it. 47% of Christian men struggle with this. It's really an important topic for our church and for all kinds of churches. Well, 
How about those who are using it? Those who use it are deceived. Proverbs is really clear. It says, don't be a fool. Don't think you can play with fire and not be burnt. Don't walk into the snare of pornography. It's a trap. Don't be like the ox that's led to destruction. And there are countless ways people get hurt. Let me just share a few. Some of you know this well in your life. There's a battle with shame and guilt. It's just an endless cycle. It keeps you in this constant cycle of separation from God. Then you finally feel good enough and you get close and then you act out. There's an addictive and a progressive quality, secondly, to pornography. Not only do you maybe start using it, but often it eats more and more into your time. That's how addictions work. That's how these things kind of develop. And it begins to eat up not just time, but your energy. Researcher Victor Klein of the University of Utah has documented in his research how men become addicted to pornographic materials. They begin to desire more explicit and deviant material and end up acting out what they've actually seen in an article where he says, where do you draw the line? So it does, it just progresses. You know, what else it does? It harms your marriage. It doesn't matter whether your spouse knows it or not, it harms your marriage. The very intimacy you crave with regard to that physical intimacy and, the, and, and deeper levels of intimacy with your spouse, um, what, what God intended in physical intimacy is that in that relationship, the two of you would know a sense of oneness and that you would move towards one, or one another. And when things aren't right there, it usually is like a warning flag that says we need to deal with something, maybe in your own heart or maybe as a couple, you need to deal with it. But so often what happens is if, if things aren't working in that way, what, what Satan tempts us to do is the very desire that he calls us to move into relationship with the one that we committed our life to he actually takes our very heart because it's really a heart issue folks this is just symptomatic of what god needs to do in the heart and what he does is say here's an easy way and he tempts us in this direction and says this is an easy way to get whatever you think you need fulfilled and you just stunt your marriage Men, you feel shame and guilt. Wives feel shame, unable to measure up to airbrush pictures. There's guilt because they feel compelled to do things that they are uncomfortable with. And anger develops, and, you, and it creates a distance. And you know, beyond that, you harm your family. Men and women, husbands and wives. Your children will be hurt. You see, if you're not moving towards your wife in intimacy, your kids, they don't even have to know what's going on. They, they pick up things. You see, values and, and the things that we live are caught. They're not necessarily taught. You can tell them all day. You can hope that in the church they're going to get it, but they're going to watch your lives. And if you're not working things out and really developing those things, and even if it means you have to go to counseling, even if you tell your kids we're going to counseling, what a wonderful thing for them to see. That marriage is not some easy thing that you fall into because of the way Hollywood makes it look like. And you kind of move into relationships and everything is, is really good or they see you at war with one another they understand what's going on and they watch it and God is saying to you you need help you need to move towards one another He wants you to take whatever the difficulties are whatever the symptoms are if it's, if it's sexual lust if it's we talk about chemical dependency whatever it is that's going on God wants you He loves you He desires you He doesn't want you in hiding He wants you to step in the light so He can bring His fullness to your life. He wants to fulfill every hunger that you have within you. He wants to fulfill every desire that you have. He is good. 
And he comes with grace. And he says, I so badly want you to know and experience all that I've created this life to be. And I have to share with you the walk of grace, the walk of obedience with Jesus Christ, knowing Him and living with Him, taking His Word as the truth, the absolute truth, and knowing and understanding those promises are true. It's not easy. Some of the hardest things for people to do, especially in churches, is to get real with what's going on inside, with what's being hidden in the background of your life, and stepping into the light, inviting Jesus to come into your life, to see your life as it is, inviting other believers that you can trust that are safe people into your experience so they can come around you and pray for you, so that you can find healing and that you can grow and know and love and, and live without shame and guilt. And you can be free. Free to run, free to, to dance like David did before God because he knew the great blessing of God in his life. And women, if you're not moving in honesty towards your husband but find yourself escaping through the fantasy of romance novels or internet chat rooms, you're hurting yourself and your children. Because they read between the lines. They see the, the subtlest cues. And they carry them. Here's what's so they carry it into the next relationship. The Bible says even down to the third and fourth generation, then God out of grace and mercy sometimes decides to step in. Praise God. I just ask that you would ask yourself this question. What lessons about intimacy and commitment are you modeling to your children? Even if your children aren't aware, what are you teaching your children if you invest your easy energy by relating to some kind of computer fantasy rather than the hard work of investing your energy into the rewards of a relationship that God, if you allow Him to, wants to enter and be a part of? The writer of Proverbs says, watch out. The very reality of your heart and what it longs for is pushed further and further away by any addiction to any fantasy. And he says, it's got to stop. got to stop for your sake for your spouse's sake for your children's sake for your children's children's sake because someday it will end someday folks we will stand before God every person here will give an account before God and one of the things God will ask I believe we'll ask believers who say they've trusted in him. So I'm just talking to you who have made a commitment and really believe in following Jesus. He will ask, have you in faith courageously stepped into these areas to develop the relationship, to develop the character I want to develop in you? Or did you take the temptation, the shortcuts, and not do all that I called you to do? People don't like to hear that too much, do they, about the fact there will be a day of an accounting. But it's, it, God doesn't put this day of accounting out there to, to try and make us scared, although it does form fear. He gives us day of accounting so that we'll actually act now and find His grace today. Because today, as we sang, is the day that God wants to do it. I just want to share with you one last thing. Those who are, those who are near it. Do you think, you know, maybe your kids, they're not going to be, you know, they don't know. It's not going to touch them. I have to tell you, it's like cigarette smoke. You know how we found how damaging it is? Secondhand smoke is even damaging. 
Well, so it is for those who are involved with pornography. It has an effect on those who are near it. In fact, one study reveals that approximately, catch this, 70% of pornographic magazines sold eventually, 70% that are sold eventually end up in the hands of minors. And those who are near it are impacted and destroyed through the things that they get in their hands. I have a, a story of a young man, a very, very close person to me. His father had pornography. He didn't keep it in the open. Kept it tucked in the drawers. But like kids seem to do, his son, this friend of mine, found out without his father ever knowing it was there. That's how that 70% gets in the hands of those who are younger. This friend of mine was in 8th grade when the discovery was made. He found the stash. At age 13, this hormone-charged kid was hooked, addicted. Sometimes four to five times a week, he would sneak up and look lustfully at those magazines. A six-year habit as a teenager brought great damage into his life. Let me share with you some of the ways it affected him, how it marked his life. Daily, for years, he lived in the cycle of shame and guilt. I think the father was looking down all the time going, oh, I just want to bring healing to you. Daily, he seemed to curse God with that drive. Why, God, would you give me this strong drive? Not only did it affect his daily life, it affected his marriage. Later he got married, and he says, for the first 12 years of marriage, his expectations and image of what sex should be like had been fashioned through the polished, airbrushed pictures of surgically enhanced women who all looked like they really wanted him. Just think what that does to a marriage. Some of you experience it. It affected character growth. It always does. It causes a character to be stunted. Instead of seeing physical intimacy as being an expression between a growing love between two people, physical intimacy really became a way of meeting other needs in his life. At a young age, sex became associated with needs other than mere sex. The drive for sex became distorted. Like a blind hunger, he had no sense of when he was physically driven out of just love or whether he was really feeling insecure and experiencing low self-esteem. Because physical intimacy for him was like a drug that medicates a sense of loneliness and to mask a sense of inadequacy. In fact, for those, you know, we find out that at age 11... These kids are finding this stuff. For those who at that young age begin to experience that, that's what it gets tied to. There's self-esteem issues, there's sense of inadequacy, there's all these things. And so that experience becomes a medication that takes away the pain momentarily until the shame and, and guilt floods in. Do you not think Satan the enemy loves that? I have a friend of mine, his name is Lowell Seashore, who does a, he has a ministry called Lust Free Living, and it's, it's just kind of taken off in all kinds of colleges, working with college-age kids. And one of the things he's finding out is he's working with college-age kids, and then he works with their fathers. He's finding out many men, one of the reasons many men won't serve in, in areas of ministry is because they feel this sense of guilt. They feel this sense that they're not going to step into something with, with a, a lack of integrity. They know themselves too well, so they don't serve in spiritual places because they know what's going on and they just can't do it. Talk about defeating the church. 
Like an alcoholic, the real issues aren't faced, but instead they're medicated. And wives, let me share with you, if you choose to quit medicating those unmet needs and you feel used because it's not really about you in, in that relationship, but it seems like it's about something else, expect anger. Because you have just taken away a drug of choice. Now, there's a whole lot of constant goes around that, so just don't go anywhere else with there except that that's the reality. And it affected this person's self-esteem. Every trip down the lane of lust left him paralyzed. And i got to share with you, those near you, your children, your sons, can become the collateral damage of something you didn't even realize. I'm going to ask the choir to come forward at this time. I'm going to have them get prepared because I want them to sing. And, and what they sing, I want them, just want you to hear the words as, as they share in song. I pray it will prepare your heart. But I want to share with you a couple things before I do. And that first is this, to women and daughters. I, I feel like it's necessary. I know they're moving this way, but if you could just for a moment give my attention, your attention here. Women and daughters who have been exploited or scarred. There is hope. The guilt you feel, the shame you feel from something done to you that God never, that wasn't his desire or intention. He has come to give you freedom through Jesus Christ. Listen to this story. I heard it on TV. It was on a TV interview a number of years ago. The woman related that as a preschooler, she says, I was exposed to pornography and at 10 years old, my father molested me. She continued to share that her heavy exposure to porn had seared her memory with images that she fights to still forget. Listen, here's her name. Her name is Tanya Flint Vega, daughter of the porn lord and tycoon Larry Flint, founder of Hustler Magazine. She concluded her story, and this was on TV, I was just amazed, by sharing the difference in her life that came when she opened her heart to Jesus Christ. She said she prayed to Jesus and for the first time experienced this love flutter being and a forgiveness that she had never known. She said the years of pain um, that she had, they won't be ever fully taken away, but she began that day, she said, to live a new life and God began to change the the, the, the course of her life. She said that as she began to meet with others and bring to the light what had happened, she began to find healing through a relationship with Jesus and other people who loved her. And I just have to share with you, ladies, anyone, because just this last week I was given a testimony from someone who has had a very similar experience to this. And we kind of think, well, that's out there, that's down in the streets. It isn't. Every church I've ever pastored in, it's amazing to me. How, how that gets pushed and hidden to the darkness when God says, bring it to the light. If you've been exposed or exploited, you're not alone. One out of every four women are select, sexually molested, according to statistics, before the age of 18, and many of them carry guilt. And you need to know that Jesus loves you. And I just want to share with you a prayer. I'm going to have it put on the screen that you can pray right now. If you've never done this before, you can ask Jesus in your heart through a simple prayer of, of trust and repentance. Jesus, you know the shame, the guilt, and hurt I've carried. If this is your heart, you know what I've done and what's been done to me. Take me as I am right now and forgive me as you have promised. 
Wash me with the cleansing power of your blood. Set me free from all that binds me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray this in the only name that can do anything to take this away. That's the name of Jesus. I also want to share that we have things within our church, but I'll just leave this here. Beth Moorhead, who is on staff, a counselor, if you've had this experience, we've had women who have come forward, please just call. You can do so. Leave your name with Beth, and she would love to talk to you. We want to help you be free to step in the light. Now, men, I say this to to men, and, and I want to say this to some of the older men here. You may go, well, that's not a problem. I have to tell you that that person I was talking about found great freedom through Jesus as well. Although hooked and addicted and going through that, through Jesus and through bringing to the light, today lives, this person lives in victory. This Thursday night, man, we have a thing called the briefing. We are basically going to go a step further in this. Because we want to, as a church, make a statement that we want to see God work through us and we want to be sexually pure. That's an important thing we believe as we move forward. And so I'm not going to ask you, I'm not saying, well, if you've got a problem with it, come to the briefing. I'm asking all men, if you would, to come to that. Some of the younger guys who I've talked to who are struggling with this said, wouldn't it be great if some of the older men would come in and be a part of it and, and be with us? So I, I don't know if your plans are. Some of you can't make it. But this Thursday night at 6 p.m., Famous Dave's is being served, so bonus. Um, I just want to close by telling you that God knows your heart. And He loves you so very much. He loves you as much now as you're sitting here as when you were in the darkness and you know you're in shame and sin. He loves you the same. It never changes. What he wants to do is change that sin and shame so that you can live with a clean conscience and with the gift of his goodness every moment, every day. So, man, I'm going to ask you to really prayerfully think about it as a song is sung. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment to come that Thursday night and just be a part of, of, of us as men saying we're putting a stake in the ground saying we are saying, Jesus, we want you to rule in our hearts and lives. And we're going to do this together.